0: Jesus, we declare today that you are the single seed who died for all. Because you died, we have life here today. We thank you for this season, for reminding us of the cross and of who you are once again. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for forgetting the meaning of the Christian walk. That's to To live is Christ and to die is gain. To live for you and for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, forgive us, God, for putting our dreams and our wants and our desires first before you, O Lord. I pray, God, that we would have your heart's desire, that our heart will break for what breaks your heart, O God. Forgive us, God, of our sins. Lord, we repent before you, and we look to you, Jesus, for strength and for hope. And I pray, God, as you transition to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here who will be listening to your message or may be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For you alone, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer and our single seed. We thank you. We love you for all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, let's all take our seat. Uh, Let's take this time to greet our fellow neighbor at this time. Uh, Welcome to the house of the Lord. And may we come with humble hearts and with hearts of worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so with that, uh, before we get into our main, main scripture, I just want to quickly mention Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. Uh, For dust you are, and to dust you will return. And with that, if you could just look at the screen with the title, it says, Examine Yourselves in Christ. Examine Yourselves in Christ. Again, Genesis 3.19, For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Genesis 3.19 is a theme for Ash Wednesday. So whenever Ash Wednesday comes around, the year comes around with the season of Ash Wednesday, always remember Genesis 3.19, which leads to Lent. Now Ash Wednesday, we know, because I go over this every year, is a season of penitence, meaning it's a season of remorse Season of regret, season of repentance, a season of us being in shame before our Father due to our sins. And it's a reminder of our finite mortality, which again, Genesis 3.19, For dust you are, and to dust you will return. So the ashes, it signifies where we came from and where we are going. Again, signifying our mortality. So again, reminder that we are ashes and dust. From dust we came, and to dust we shall return. With that leads to the 40 days before Easter, the season of Lent. Lent, Roman Catholics, they will sometimes give up meat and instead eat fish. They'll swap things up as a symbol of them fasting before God. The Jews, during this time, the season is called the Day of Atonement. We talked about this with the tabernacle where they come and sacrifice the sins once every year with the high priest. I mentioned this last week. It's called Yom Kippur. And it says it's taken from Leviticus chapter 16 where it says you shall afflict your souls for on this day he will forgive you to purify you that you be cleansed from all your sins before God. So for the Jews is a season of afflicting their souls. So for nearly 26 hours. From several minutes before sunset, they would afflict their souls. They would abstain from food and drink. They would not wash their body. They would not wear leather clothing or footwear, anointing one's body, cosmetics. They won't put makeups on, deodorants. They would abstain from sexual relations. So they would afflict their souls. Again, It's the definition is a period of waiting, introspection, self-examination, repentance, and examining our lives for the next 40 days. And why the 40? The number 40, it presents testing, a season of us being ready and being careful for the next 40 days, that we are placing a special attention for the next 40 days, that we are in a season of battle, that we understand the gospel, that we understand the death and the meaning of His his death and His resurrection. Just like athletes, they try to maintain shape all year round. But when the season comes, when the time of games begin, they pay a special, extra special attention and they will get themselves ready for that game, for that season, right? So just like us as Christians, during the season of Lent, for the next 40 days, I pray as I'm gone on missions, I pray that you will reflect upon your souls. Forty representing the number of reflection. Just understanding, humility, getting ready, preparing. For it will give you great spiritual benefits and strength if you honor this season before the Lord. Again, we're not trusting in the season we're not trusting in lent we're trusting in Christ and lent is a means for us it's a it's like a vehicle to help us to get to that destination of getting closer to the heart of god so with that let's turn to our main scripture second corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 The title, again, of today's message is Examine Yourselves in Christ. Paul here says in 2 Corinthians, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you. Unless you, of course, you fail the test. Psalm 26, verse 2, our next scripture, test me. In other words, inspect me, prove me, Lord, and try me, examine. In other words, evaluate me. Lord, look closely into my heart. Lord, I open my closet, my heart to you so that you can see everything that is within. Examine my heart and my mind. Psalm 139 search me God and know my heart test me know my anxious thoughts the two Titans in the faith David and Paul they both said to examine yourselves to examine your heart to examine your mind test yourselves to see whether you're in that you're in the faith he says Examine my heart, Lord, and my mind. I pray that during the season of Lent, as we're entering Ash Wednesday, I pray that you allow the Lord to examine your hearts here today. And I pray that you would examine yourselves and test yourselves to see whether you are in the faith or you are not in the faith. It's one or the other, there is no in-between. Please examine your, let's begin with our point number one, hearts, 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 hearts. Why, why examine our hearts? Why does David say, test and try my heart, Lord? Why should we reflect on our lives? Why? Because by nature, by default, your heart and my heart, our hearts, the nature of the human heart is deceitful, it says. It is beyond cure. It is evil, the Bible tells us. Jeremiah 17, 19, 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, meaning tests, and examine the mind. What does it mean to examine the mind? The mind is a secret place. It has more secrets than CIA, FBI, classified information. No one can read your thoughts. Your mind is protected from everyone else. Even the devil can't get through your mind and read your mind, what you're thinking. Only God knows the mind. He knows your exact thoughts. He knows what you thought about this morning when you woke up. He knows what you thought about this week. He knows exactly what's in your mind. The secret motives, that's what it means. The secret motive, the intention of the heart, of the mind. That's why In Jeremiah, says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind, the secret motives to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. We need to come clean and we need to make it the truth and be honest with ourselves that our hearts are evil. The desires of our hearts by nature it's prone to evil, just like Adam and Eve, which led to their sin. And in turn we are the same. Our hearts will lead us to evil, to sin, because our hearts is deceitful. It says are deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Meaning we cannot trust our own hearts. So according to Jeremiah 17.10, God searches our hearts and our minds. Why? Why does he do this? Because he wants the best for you. He wants you to change. He wants you to be transformed into the image of Christ. Because the Lord wants to reward each one of us according to your conduct. What is your conduct, your action, your ways, your behavior, your lifestyle. Sometimes it's, easy, it's much easier to write a check and to look good in front of people than to examine one's heart and to be truly transformed. To examine one's heart, it takes hard work. It's genuinely, it's hard work. It takes genuine hard work and reveals our genuine standing before God. It is not a fake persona of what others think you are, who you are, For it is about God seeing us for who we are. That is our most important thing. For God to see us in the right way. And for God to see us in the right way. We need to pray as Jeremiah did. We need to allow the Lord to examine the heart. To search the heart. To examine the mind. We need to allow him in to the most secret place of our lives which leads to our soul point, letter A, B, C. Letter A, always lead your heart to Christ. Why? Because your heart is beyond cure. It is deceitful. So you need to lead it to who? To Christ. If your lawnmower is broken, you take it to a mechanic. If your car is broken, you take it to the mechanic. You don't take it to the doctors and ask them to fix your vehicle. The only one who can fix this broken heart, who can give us a new heart, is Christ. Always lead your heart to Christ. B, always lead your heart in Christ. These days, no one wants to take Responsibility for their actions. But you are responsible in how you lead your heart. They say, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is deceitful, beyond measure. You can't trust your heart. You need to lead your heart as you are following Christ. You need to allow Christ to lead you and to lead your heart. So always lead your heart. In Christ, grounded in the truth, in the gospel. So again, always lead your heart to Christ. Always lead your heart in Christ. Take responsibility for your heart. And lead it in Christ. And let us see, always delight in the Lord. And surrender your heart's desires to Christ. If you delight in the Lord, you don't need anything else. You don't need that Gucci. You don't need any of that other stuff. The fluff that you think will give you happiness, but you delight, you delight in the Lord, and you surrender your heart's desires, and he will give the desires of your heart. In other words, that means he will give, he will allow your heart to break for what breaks his heart. You will understand the heart of God, the heart of Christ. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't mean he's going to give you everything you want, For not all your desires will be clean and pure. Because, again, it comes from the source. The source is where? Your heart. Your heart is crooked and is beyond cure. It's deceitful. But when you take the light in the Lord, you will have a new heart. You will have a new desire. You have a desire to honor him, to serve him, to serve his people, to love your neighbor, to serve others, to have a heart for missions. And he will give you the desires of your new heart, a righteous heart, a heart that is grounded in Christ. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will do this. So verse 4 and verse 5, they're together. We're focusing on verse 4. But 4 and 5, it completes it. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Not I will do this, but the Lord will do this. A, always lead your heart to Christ. B, always lead your heart in Christ. C, always delight in the Lord and surrender your heart's desire to Christ. Point number one, please examine your hearts. Point number two, please examine your minds, your minds. The Bible makes it clear in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern. What does it mean, do not conform to the pattern? It it means this. It means do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. That's what it means. Do not copy the ways of this world, the customs of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Simply put, it's saying, change the way you think. Because the way you're thinking is wrong. Change it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, you'll be able to test and approve. In other words, meaning discern. You will know what is right and wrong. You'll be able to discern what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Keep in mind, I am saying, I did not say, feelings Or emotions when I am talking about the mind. That's something else. You need to grow in the truth, in the knowledge of the truth, because if you're not growing in the truth, you are dying. If you are not growing, you are stagnant, and anything that is stagnant will bring in germs and all the bad things, all the bad things, critters, everything will come and it will gather and you will die if you drink out of that puddle. If you're not growing, if you do not have a fresh source of water coming in, you are dying. Imagine, first day, you're doing dishes, you have soap, water, it's in a bucket, it's good, right? It's good, it's clean. Day two comes around, it's still kind of clean, has pieces of little rice that you ate, little kimchi here and there. It's still good, it's clean. Day three, day four, imagine by the day 30 how dirty that water will be. We need a fresh source of the truth of the gospel. Your mind needs to grow. If you're not growing, you are dying. In other words, let's go into our soul point, letter A, in Christ, Your way of thinking needs to change. When you become a Christian, the way you think needs to change. In other words, how you think matters. I think, therefore I am, right? I am what I think. I am what I know. So what do you know? Do you know the gospel? Do you know the truth of the gospel? Are you growing in the knowledge of the gospel? Is your mind being transformed, not to the pattern of this world, but is it being transformed by the renewing of the mind in Christ? Is the Holy Spirit changing you, transforming you? Because if it's not, you will not know what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You will always be lost. So in Christ, your way of thinking needs to change. Let it be in Christ. Your knowledge needs to grow. It needs to grow. For you to understand the tabernacle, for you to understand the gospel, the message of the cross, the season of Lent, just understanding the truth of why we are here each week, why we need to follow Christ, Your knowledge in Christ needs to grow, just like the Day of Atonement. If you don't know what the Day of Atonement is, we're not growing. If we're not able to connect the dots from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. And you will not remain in the faith, for you are not growing in the truth. You need to grow. Your knowledge in the Lord needs to grow. So point letter C, in Christ, you must choose to worship the Lord. This one's important. Please don't let this go over your heads. When I'm saying you must choose to worship the Lord, what I'm saying is this, you must make that conscious choice to worship the Lord. Worship leaders saying, when they come up and they ask you, how do you feel tonight, right? How many of you have been to an event? And they start with, how do you feel tonight? How do you feel tonight? Are you excited? Instead, what they should say is, what do you know? What do you know, man and woman of God? What do you know? What choice will you make today before the Lord? Will you worship him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Will you worship him in spirit and in truth, just like John 4, 23? Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Will you make that choice as is mentioned in Joshua 24? As Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But he gives them a choice. Feel the Lord. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Choose to serve him. What do you know? Do you know the truth? But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves to say whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, which will lead to death, or the gods of the Amorites, which will lead to death. But as for me and my household, this is what I know. I and we, my household, we will serve the Lord. So therefore, be very careful when we talk about the mind. We put the mind with emotions together but the mind is what you know. You cannot trust your emotions. You must remain sharp in your mind. You have to be sharp in your mind, men and women of God. My friends, you need to be sharp in your mind during worship. When you're worshiping, you need to be alert and know and be in the zone. Be sharp in your mind, grounded in the scripture. A lot of services, they're drunk in the Holy Spirit, they call it the glory clouds, you know, glitters coming from the, the ceilings, fire tunnel, drunk in the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Do not get lost or practice these things, nor take part in it. Take in it. You must be sharp in your worship before God. What do you know? What do you know? Lastly, point number three, please examine your lives, your lives, your lives. Let's go right into our soul points, A, B, C, and D. A, are you numbering? B, are you obeying? C, are you serving? D, are you repenting? Simple. When, I'm, when I say, are you numbering, I'm going back to Genesis 3.19. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Are you numbering your days? Are you obeying the Lord? Are you serving the Lord by serving his people? Are you repenting? If not, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. When I say obey, it means making space in your day. Here are some practical ways we can obey the Lord. Intentionally make space in your day, right? We have 24 hours, set aside eight hours, five hours, three hours for sleep. Making space in the day when we are awake to intentionally seek the Lord, meaning be intentional in pursuing the heart of God. How? By reading the word by worshiping him, by putting on a worship song, praising him in our journaling, in our prayer as we are journaling. Not just journaling just to vent. I hate this guy. This guy, just curse him. that's not the kind of journaling we're talking about. We're talking about journaling in the Lord, reminding yourself of the goodness of God, journaling in scriptures, memorizing scriptures. Make time. Set aside time and space in your day in your 24 hours to seek the Lord just like you set aside time to watch things to exercise to eat be intentional the worst way to live your life is to get lost in the habit of daily routine and that's what happens and that's why it's good that we have these seasons it's good that we have Advent it's good that we have Lent because it brings us back to the reality another year yes another year but not the same mundane attitude that we have oh it's just another day another year but every year when the season comes it should bring us freshness fresh knowledge fresh truth you cannot forget why you do what you do why are you here worshiping and serving in the praise team why do you do what you do in your daily life Because if you do, and you get lost in your day-to-day, mundane life, working like a dog, and forgetting what the purpose of this life is, it's like what James 1, verse 22 to 25 says, where it says, Do not merely listen to the Word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says, like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, After looking at himself, goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They'll be blessed in what they do. It's like you go, wake up, you shave, and then you go, you're doing something else. You're like, oh, you go back and you try to shave. Oh, okay, I shave, okay. You go back and you forget what you did and what you look like. How foolish you are for you to forget the truth of the gospel. Every year, when these seasons come, may you grow and grow in the Lord. Not just grow upward, but grow downward. The root, the root is more important. It's not just about the fruit, but it's about the faithfulness. And when you're faithful, your root grows stronger in the Lord. Proverbs 26:11 says, As a dog returns to his vomit." So fools repeat their folly. How dirty and disgusting. But spiritually speaking, that's what we do. We go, we go to church, we hear, and we forget. We forget what we look like. We forget the truth. We're not growing. Our lives are not transformed. It's like us going back eating our vomit again and again and again and again. And what happens when we eat vomit? You get sick and you die like stagnant water. We die and we die and we die. So the season of Ash Wednesday is coming up this Wednesday. May we remember what it means to number our days, to obey, to serve, and to repent. When I say repent, you know, there are two types of repentance, right? Let me just be really clear, and then I'll close. Two types of repentance. Number one is to make change in our attitudes, words, and lifestyles, meaning action. Or number two, and this is the true meaning of repentance, is to lose ourselves in the Lord, to lose yourselves in God. It goes deeper. The first one is surface. The second, the latter, is deeper. Again, two types of repentance. Number one, to make change in our attitudes, words, and lifestyle. That's good, right? We all want to change. That's good. Action is good. It's important. 16th century reformer Martin Luther so that the whole Christian life comes down to repentance from the beginning of our faith, that we are more turning away from our sin and our self-centeredness and turning to Jesus Christ, being remorseful for your sins. And then we kind of leave it there, and we allow our actions to just be changed. He will sometimes whip himself. He will sometimes walk up the steps on his own, to kill that desire of sin but he will punish himself his knees will be bloody his back will be will have marks but let's go deeper lose ourselves in the Lord may you lose yourselves in the presence of God this week so if land really is a time of repentance It's a season of losing ourselves in the Lord. To forsake ourselves, to forsake our desires for what God wants for us. And to practice doing good for our neighbors. And it's not just for 40 days, but it's for the rest of our lives. From here on until we take our final breath. So Ash Wednesday, needing to Lent, it's not just about giving up something or having the cool ashes on your forehead or on your for work. And as you're doing the testing, it will ruin the experiment. <laughs> it's much easier to write a check than to examine one's heart, to allow the Lord to examine your heart and your mind. It's much easier to fast from certain foods, to swap certain foods, than it is to turn from the idols of our hearts. The point of Lent is not giving up chocolates. Valentine's is over, all right? That season is done. No more chocolates now. But it's about losing yourselves in the Lord. It's about giving up sin. It's about saying, sin, you no longer have master and power and dominion over me. The point of Lent is not law, but it's about spiritual renewal. It's about finding yourself and losing yourself in God once again. Where you find yourselves and where you lose yourselves? in the Lord, in the season of Lent. And as I'll be in missions, let's pray for one another. Let's be there for each other. And let's really examine ourselves, our lives, and make that great exchange with the Lord. We give him our ashes and in turn, he gives to us beauty, it says. Isaiah 61, verse three to four, and I'm closing with this, I'll ask the praise team to come up. When we lose ourselves in the Lord, you know we think that we are losing our freedom, we are losing our way of life. I mean, in a sense, it's true. But really, we are receiving the greatest blessing because nothing in this life could compare to the greatness of the heavenly gifts of what the Lord can offer into our lives. So it says in Isaiah 61 through 4, it says, To provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. What did I say earlier in Genesis 3.19? For dust you are, and to dust you will return. That is our end. That is the reward of being alive. That's it. Your life is nothing. It means nothing if you're not living for Christ. There is no meaning to your life if you're not living for Jesus Christ. If you're living for Jesus Christ, there is a promise a provision that the Lord gives to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, They'll rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will re- renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations, and where it says "Oaks of righteousness." The trees, the way they grow is that they, oak trees, they grow together. It's not just one growing on its own, and they "Ah, suckers, I'm the tallest. but they grow together like a community. It forces them to grow straighter. It keeps each other in check. So if any oak tree tries to go this way, this other oak tree, what, what are you doing? And then I don't know, somehow they just strain themselves up. And they grow straighter, higher, until they reach toward the lights. And it takes 300 years to grow. Another 300 years to die. So may we be like oaks of righteousness and continue to grow in the lord let us give to him our ashes genesis 319 and in, in turn he will give to us beauty amen and amen, amen. the great exchange can we turn to our neighbor and say the great the great, the great. gas no i'm just kidding Exchange. exchange exchange what was I about to say now you guys some of you guys don't know <laughs> Arlene definitely doesn't know the great exchange the great exchange to the Lord so we as a church we as an individual make that great exchange may you say to the Lord Lord God I offer you my ashes I give to you what I have. I give to you what I am. This is all I have left. God, we offer you as a church our ashes. And we give you all that we have. Amen. 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 With that, we're going to sing, All Heavens Declare. Remembering John 12, what we read earlier about the Lord Jesus Christ being the single seed. As we sing this, may we honor him and may we display his glory and his honor here in this place in our worship. So can we all stand to our feet at this time? And with everything we have, you know, not worrying about who's here. Can we just worship Him in spirit and in truth? For these are the type of worshipers that the Lord seeks who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. May we declare His glory as all heaven will declare the glory of the risen Lord. And with that, I want to invite you, if you need to pray, pray, worship, worship. Whatever you do, may you point to Christ and look to Christ. Let us sing together.
1: All heaven. Oh. Oh. Ah uh...
0: Father, just want to thank you for your love and your grace and for reminding us of just the season that we are in. Lord, may we not just live mindlessly without any hope, just living day to day like animals. But Lord, I pray that we would have purpose and hope for our present and for our future. Just as Paul declared, may we examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. May we test ourselves. And as David declared, test me, test us, O Lord, try us, O Lord, examine our hearts and our minds, search us, God, and know our hearts. Know my heart, Lord, test me, and please know my anxious thoughts, for you know all things, Lord. So, God, we surrender to you during this season, and we look to you, Jesus. And I pray that we will grow, not just upward, but most importantly downward, rooted in Christ, when we grow in the knowledge of the gospel. When we come to church and we worship and we sing these songs, is what do we know? What do I know? Am I growing in the knowledge of the gospel? Do I truly know what it means where it says who once was slain to reconcile man to God? That the cross is the bridge to the mighty God. So God, I pray we will know what we are singing not just emotional things, feelings that we are going through. For emotions come, and it goes. But look, what we know stays. For our minds are transformed, may it be transformed by the renewing of our minds that is founded in Jesus Christ. May we be alert and be ready for this new week. We give you all the glory and all the honor. May you protect us, our hearts and our minds give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things. Your precious Son, just cause me pray. God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 All right, with that, can we finish our service with the path of life in Jesus, and then we'll close the service with the benediction. Let's sing together the path of life in Jesus.
1: of life in Jesus is the only path
0: let so all take our seat. All right, with that, uh, let us understand once again what the benediction means. Remember what it means to face the Lord and to see his face, amen? All right, let's pray together. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace and the great shepherd of the sheep, equip could be with everything good in doing his will. And may he continue to work within you what is pleasing in his sight. And may we continue to grow in the counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which surpasses all the knowledge of this world. May we continue to grow in the Lord, in the truth of the gospel, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And it's God's people we pray, Amen. And Amen. I God bless you. I love you. I will see you all in the back.